Panthers get a four out of a possible eight points in their West Coast trip as they now have a couple of day offs before they open of homestand at FLA Live Arena. Alex Baumgartner of Five Reason Sports is here to join me to discuss the Panthers road trip and upcoming homestand. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, and the newest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NHL Prospects. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers just completed a four-game road trip where they got four of a possible eight. You know, when you look back at the the, the at the play that the Florida Panthers have had the last two seasons, this would seem like a disappointment for the this Cats team, and maybe maybe still a little bit of it based on season expectations, where these teams are as far as the opposition. When, when you really think about it. But four of a possible eight, 500, still very much in control. And when you talk about road points where the Florida Panthers have really struggled uh, this season, and there was an interesting stat by Alex Slemp of Full Press NHL where the Florida Panthers haven't had a two-game winning streak since the first two games of the season. So still the Florida Panthers still trying to figure themselves out in this, in, in this young season. But let me bring in my guest here on the show. He's a guy who's been here quite a few times now on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. He is Alex Baumgartner of Five Reasons Sports Network. Alex, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure coming here, no matter if it's 9 a.m. or 3 a.m. You know, we'll do it. <laughs> yep. And luckily, we're able to get this an, er- an early morning show, even with uh, us in two different time zones as me. I- I'm I'm podcasting on the road. So if you're on the YouTube and see that the lighting is not the best, I did not bring my uh, studio lights with me, but I did bring the microphone and, and the equipment with me. But Alex, uh, what's your what's your overall assessment on, on the road trip? Of course, three out of the three out of the four te- teams that the Panthers faced off against were starting off the road trip near the bottom of the Western Conference with four out of eight for, for this Panthers team. Yeah, the Arizona game, which started one, is that classic trap game when you start a road trip, specifically when you're going to the West Coast. It's one of those, oh, we should absolutely destroy this team. Um, And then it doesn't happen. Arizona gets their first win in their beautiful college arena, Mullet Arena. Um, I do have to give it to the Coyotes that first game. I thought they were playing the neutral zone trap perfectly. Florida could not enter the zone for the life of them, it looked like Florida wasn't going to get any sustained offense. It came a little bit later in the game just with the sheer amount of shots they got later. Um, these West Coast trips, it seems like the first period, it was a pretty slow start most of the games, just trying to feel out a team you don't see often. Um, 
I was I wasn't expecting a 4-0 sweep. We got four points. I know you said maybe five or six. I would have expected about yeah, maybe five, five, six. I was expecting a loss in there. Um, you're battling the injuries. The team hasn't looked the same they looked last season. I mean, through 10 games last year, they were undefeated, I think. So um, yeah, you know, the, the Panthers are going to be happy that they're going back home. They're going to be happy that they're going to get some guys back in the in the near future. Aaron Ekblad, I heard he was skating. Um, he was skating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aaron Ekblad is skating. His LTIR minimum time is almost up. I don't know when they're going to bring him back. This is one of those things where you're going to have to be really careful because Ekblad has been injured quite a bit. You don't want to rush a guy in. And as much as you want him back there – um, it's still early in the season, so you don't want to put a guy in when he's not ready. But the West Coast trip, um, it, it there's some things that went well. There's a couple guys that you know got the poison out of their snake bite. There's a couple guys that uh, you know, maybe got banged up a little bit too much. But you got a couple days off now, and you're going back home, so. Six out of ten road trip for the Panthers. Yeah, and you think about some of the some of the players who started getting it going for the for the Panthers throughout this road trip. Barkov gets on the power play again throughout this this trip. I mean, the the game against the LA Kings was still for the Panthers uh, very very winnable for them. I mean, I mean, you got to credit credit to Jonathan Quick on that power play goal that they had to Victor Arvidsson, like a stretch pass, getting it to the neutral zone. And then the, he didn't get an assist on that one, but just an outstanding uh, pass by Jonathan quick on that one. And let's, let's just, let's just talk about some of the, some of the, I, I don't, I don't want to call them antics. Antics is the wrong word to use, but some of the on the doorstep play by Matthew Kachuk on, on Saturday night against the LA Kings at crypto.com arena. Of course, there was a goal taken away from from the Panthers right in front of the net, but Jonathan Quick was out of his crease in that one. And then Jameson Olive also short, showed a graphic just a few weeks ago on a goalie interference against the Lightning that was called in the favor of Tampa Bay. Uh, and just talk about like the difference between those two and and just whether you agree with the call or not, uh, what what do you think of that goalie interference, first of all, for uh, Matthew Kachuk on Jonathan Quick? Just generally, the NHL is a very weird league when it comes to anything that involves reviewing anything. Um, as we know, the Department of Player Safety, it's kind of like you flip a coin, you're getting one game, you're getting two, or you're getting a fine. Um, there's been a couple suspensions this week that probably should have been more than two games, and they got two games. Um, I guess we'll talk about suspensions later in the show. In terms of the goalie interference, I don't think that was goalie interference just because, yes, he was. So you a player can't be in the blue crease, in, in the paint. He can't be in the blue paint. They blow it dead. They move the face off outside. Matthew Kachuk was a good four to six inches in front of the blue paint. Jonathan Quick throughout his whole career has been a very aggressive goalie, meaning he plays towards the top of his crease um, that's his goalie style. There's no problem with that. There's a reason why he has two Stanley Cups. There's a reason why he just passed Carey Price for most wins by an active goaltender or some stat like that. Um, he kind of moved his head a little bit to kind of mm-hmm. peek around the screen. 
And they said it was incidental contact, but the goaltender made the incidental contact because when the player is playing in his own space, you can't take that space when he's not in the crease. And even though some of Quick's feet were in the crease, some of it wasn't, and the whole front of the body wasn't, Kachuk wasn't looking at him. When you're moving that way, that shouldn't have been a call. But when they called it on the ice, you can't really overturn that. At the end of the day, I'm not going to lose sleep over one call in one regular season game, especially when goaltender interference is such a weird thing in the NHL. Um, It's almost like pass interference uh, when the Dolphins were playing the Bears. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, the goaltender interference, it's whatever. Like, the goal should have counted. Should have been another power play goal. Um, It's unfortunate because the Panthers challenged it, which Mm -hmm. was rightfully so because it should have been a goal. They lose the challenge. They lose the goal. Um, well, the goal was waved off, but you know what I mean. And then LA scores when the power play, when the power play is almost expired. It kind of just flipped the script a little bit of the game. And I'm not saying that's why the Panthers lost, because there's a lot of reasons why the Panthers lost that game. But um, it's a tough one to look at. But also the NHL, everything's kind of up in the air with everything in the league. So, like, once again, you can't really lose sleep over one call in a regular season game. Yeah, and luckily for the for the Panthers, uh, Carver Hagee continued to get it going in this one. Now he's leading the Panthers in uh, goal scored for for the for the team, and and for and Etulus Dreining uh, also get getting it going. Paul Maurice all consistently talking how he's a nine a, a top nine player. So those are a few good things. Ryan Lomberg got on the score sheet as well. It, su- just super aggressive, right? As as he was entering on the zone, just nailing a wrister by uh, by Jonathan Quick on that one. Uh, interesting stat that I looked up right before recording. Do you know how many times the Florida Panthers have defeated the LA Kings on the road in Staples Center slash Crypto.com since 2003? Do you know how many times they've defeated the Kings? Okay, so the NHL started doing the home and home a couple of years ago i'm gonna say they beat them twice correct yeah. 2017 and 2019 those are the there two years that, that the florida panthers have defeated the la kings on on the road so the panthers well, didn't have very good teams in the early 2000s yep. so i wasn't really going to give them any there the Kings still had some pretty decent teams that could compete so yeah so makes all the sense in the world why that record is tilted in the way of LA as, Sergey Bobrovsky also has a really low career record against the LA Kings. I was watching the Kings broadcast. I think before the conclusion of the the game two nights ago, he was like three something and eight or three eight and something. Yes. So like a little a little tough for him. Um, he's played in the East his whole career, but he hasn't had a good time playing against the Kings. Mm-hmm. So, so so yeah, we'll discuss more <laughs> of this later later in the show. We're going to talk about uh, the the special teams for the Cats. Uh, we're going to talk about a suspension, of course, for 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 Matthew Kachuk. We're going to discuss that more on this Monday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to talk to you all about Simply Safe. And if you've thought about securing your home with home security, you've been putting it off. You'll want to listen up. Lockdown Panthers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. It's their large biggest offer of the year. You won't want to miss it. Simply Safe has earned the name of best home security system of 2022 by US News 
and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get a priority police response. SimpliSafe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. AC security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion, and alert you only when a threat is real. Even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring uh, service costs less than $1 a day. Less than half the price of ADP traditional professionally installed systems. The top rate is the app. Stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust the system. Don't miss your chance to save big, the only security system I recommend. 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. At simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Second segment on this Monday, November 7th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Ramondo Velez. I got Alex Baumgartner from the Five Reasons Sports Network here on the show to discuss more about the weekend that was for the Panthers. So going back to that game on Saturday night, one other thing happened for the Panthers is that they were, they were already without Patrick Hornquist after that check to the head by Luke Cunning on Thursday night against the San Jose Sharks. But with, with, uh, with Matthew Kachuk trying to you know, have a little hack at it when it comes to trying to deflect the puck into the goal. Looks like NHL replay kind of saw his eyes like kind of like looking towards Quick. Of course, Quick is not Jonathan Quick's not a guy who will back down of anyone coming into his crease. I mean, he has two times Stanley Cup champion for a reason. A very respected uh, goal goaltender across the league. And I was looking up. Matthew Kachuk's suspension history. And it's been a while. It's been a long time since he's been he's been suspended. It's been since 2017. But this is his third suspension in his career. Uh what what do you think of the suspect what do you think of the suspension? Let's just go right that then and there. Yeah, two games is the minimum, I think. Um I wasn't I was seeing stuff like 10, 15, throw him out of the league. That wasn't gonna happen. I think the most I would have thought was three. I think two was the number one to two. I was expecting that no more than three. Um, it was a worthy suspension. Um, you know, he did turn the stick. Now, whether he says, I don't know if he said it was incidental or not. I don't know. But, um, you know, it was pretty clear that a stick made contact with the face of Jonathan Quick. And, you know, you can't do that, especially after the whistle, because, um, you know, there's no puck to go play at. So it can't. it's a little bit harder to say that's an accident. Uh, two games is about right from just how the Department of Player Safety works. But it was also kind of weird that Josh Anderson got also two games for a completely different incident where uh, Petrangelo's face went into the dasher. So oh, yeah. I don't, I, I would like to, uh, Near the benches. Yeah. You know, they're, they're both dangerous plays. Um, I thought Anderson might've got three to four, but, um, you know, they both get two and, uh, and they lose a little bit of money. I think about 100k for Kachuk. Not yeah, so you know, you know, we might not see it as a big deal for for us, uh, but you know, that's a little bit of an extra extra blow money for Kachuk that you know he won't be able to spend uh, on, on during during his off season as he's learned to like really really love Florida. But 
Paul Maurice has had a really tough coaching job, really, in this in this in this last few games with players missing <laughs> LTIR. But I mean, the the line that a lot of Panther fans have been wanting to see is is at least in the beginning of the season was Colin White going up on that top line, Sam Reinhardt being back on the on the line with Anton Lundell, like we saw all of last season, and we, we saw a little bit of a of a drought being broken of by multiple Sams. Uh, most, um, Sam Bennett hadn't, hadn't scored since the beginning of the season. And then Sam Reinhardt, who has been just snake bitten by, by the, by, by getting goals onto the net. I think now it's like at 30 plus shots for, for the, for the Panthers uh, for, excuse me, for Sam Reinhardt. And he finally gets one in, of course, puck in front of the net. People are hacking at John Gibson. And then he, he gets in. We were, we were talking about earlier about, about our worries about certain players you you we were talking about how we were both not worried about sasha barkoff we were more worried about number 13. how do you feel now about sam reinhardt oh first the reason why i wasn't too worried about barkoff is just because his game is so multi-dimensional i just pulled up a stat while we were in the show and i just tweeted it um who leads the league in face-off wins that's sasha barkoff with 191 in 13 games that is 12 more than Bull Horvat has in 12. Wow. And uh, if my quick math, that's like 17, 16 more than Patrice Bergeron has in one less, in one more game. He's also top 10 in faceoff percentage at 56.8%. Barkov is defensively reliable as well for the Panthers. Even if the offense isn't going, you know he's there. Um, Sam Reinhardt's a little bit more of a, uh, I want to say he's a one-dimensional player, but he doesn't have the defensive abilities and he doesn't take face-offs very frequently. So when when your goal scorer isn't putting the puck in the net, it is a little worrisome, especially when he's getting so many chances. I know our friends over at Panther Pori love the advanced stats. Well, the Panthers have multiple players that are about three to four goals, under expected goals under um, what obviously what you're expected. I know Bennett, Kachuk, and Reinhardt were all up there. And it's funny when Kachuk leads the team in points, well over a point per game, and he's still almost four expected goals under under average. Um, <laughs> you know, the Panthers generate a sheer amount of shots. They hit 50 shots twice this year. They've hit 40, like pretty much half the other games they play, and they're hitting 30 last night. Yeah, I mean, it's, they get, they get the chances. That's why the expected goals are so high for the Panthers. Um, I think anyone that plays with Anton Lundell looks better. It's mm. just the, the way that this kid can feed the puck and just open guys up. He is like a miniature version of Barkov where he's not as strong. His hockey IQ obviously isn't as High as Barkov yet. Barkov is probably one of the five smartest guys in the game. But Lundell can do little things where it just opens up the ice. Sam Reinhart looked way more like himself, you know, flipping the puck midair, batting it back to himself. Like that's the Sam Reinhart that had 82 points last season in 78 games. Um, he just looked way more electric by with, with him, um, with Lundell, excuse me. And then Sam Bennett also looked very, very, um, you know, noticeable last night as well. And I think A2 Luster Ryan is just blossomed into a top six winger. 
because he went up to the second line and, you know, he had an amazing feed to Bennett. His defensive abilities are showing. I don't know what they do in Finland, but almost every single Finnish guy is an elite defender as a forward. They really know how to play hockey there. Um, I think Lundell and Reinhardt should stay together for a little bit longer. I know Paul Maurice isn't going to break them up yet, but, um, at least he says. you know, at least he says you never know with Maurice. He's always having to change stuff on the flies with the injuries, but it's nice to see both of the Sams get it going. And I think going back home, it's going to really help them. And, you know, when the injuries, the injury table starts looking a little less, the Panthers are going to click a little bit more. So that's why I'm not overly worried with the, uh, not slow start, but like not explosive start that you would expect from a team with this offensive firepower. Yeah, and looking at the looking at natural stat trick for uh, that line of Anton Lundell, Sam Reinhardt, and Ryan Lomberg from last night. Time on ice at five on five, nine, nine minutes and thirty three seconds together. Corsi four seventeen to seven in favor of that line when they're on the ice as well. So very encouraging sign that 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 they that that's a unit that uh should should stick together and also i was uh, uh while you were talking about barkov uh <laughs> space off percentage is only 0.1 worse than where it was last season oh big big difference between between uh barkov and how he's doing last season so he's he's kind of right where we at of where we expect barkov when he's uh in the in the face off dot so not not a worry about uh barkov and even though they gave up a penalty shot to the Anaheim Ducks while while on the power play and ended up being a little uh closer than 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 the final score uh indicated uh the Panthers they broke their their uh streak of giving up a power play goal just by a technicality just by a a, a little bit of a technicality there but they, they now the not, they went nine straight games with giving up a power play goal and hey uh, the Panthers, they of course they got one. I, and and you know what's the great thing about Sunday's game? Brandon Montour, uh, four points, four points in that one. Now is in the top five in point getters for defensemen. His time on ice has increased by an average of three plus minutes. Of course, circumstances with Ekblad being out, Mackenzie Weger being gone, but all the goals for the for the Panthers on Sunday night, whether they were credited to, to Montour or not, credit to Verhage on tipping that in. They were created by Montour right on top of the blue paint. They were getting Anaheim a little bit discombobulated and, and having a hard time for them to set up that they were they were not helping John Gibson out. So what does Brandon Montour do? Take advantage of the of the of them not being set, get the puck tr- through traffic, and even if it bounces off somebody, it's going into the net or or someone's there for rebound. And that is a big credit to Brandon Montour. The Florida Panthers have very active defensemen offensively. Gustav Forsling is jumping up in the rush a lot more. That confidence is through the roof on him. We saw it the first two seasons in Florida with his foot speed, him leading transition. I said he was the fastest guy on the team. Him and Duclair probably one and two. And if Barkov really gets his feet moving, he's probably up there as well. But Brandon Montour, when they brought him in from Buffalo, the first thing I noticed uh, two seasons ago was he was very active in the offensive zone. He was very active trying to join the rush, but there was a little bit of, you know, staying in the zone, staying too low in the zone too much, and then getting caught back in transition, which kind of hurt the Panthers. Now with Brandon Montour, you rarely ever see him um, giving up odd man rushes because when he leads the rush and he doesn't control the puck, 
um, or excuse me, when he is controlling the puck, he gets it off in time. And when he knows it's time to bail, he bails, gets the puck in deep, and then turns back in transition. That's just the maturity of being confident in his ability to jump up in the rush. And you're seeing that with him being so active with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. There's no other reason why you get four points. Um, and, you know, he played 30 minutes against San Jose. He's number two in ice time in the NHL, rest behind Drew Doughty, who is a future Hall of Famer. Brandon Montour told us at training camp he's, um, you know, fully capable of playing a larger role. Well, he has to do that now. And I don't think the Panthers necessarily have a number one defenseman with Ekblad out. I think they have a one... I guess you would say 1A, 1B, or 1B, 1C, whatever you want to call Montour and Forsling, but those two have exceeded expectations, and I had high expectations on those two entering this season because I saw how they played last year, and I said, well, they're going to get more opportunities, the sky's the limit, and that pair looks really good. Mm, yeah, and and just in, incredible that Brandon Montour is consistently uh, creating opportunities, and I, I noticed that too when when off the rush because you're and also his ability to quarterback a power play as well on that power play you saw that Montour doesn't necessarily have to possess the puck he can just go for a quick um, touch pass to the left hand side and when people think it's going to go towards the point and then he just put does a touch pass to the left that puts a little bit of a freeze on the on the defense too, especially when they're down a man too. And that's what I think that Brandon Montour has also improved in his game as as because let's all, also not forget that he was a, he, it was very late into training camp when he was as the guy inserted as the as the guy who was going to be running PP one for for the Panthers. So an encouraging sign for for the Panthers, that's for sure. But we're going to transition over to segment number three. We're going to wrap up the the um road trip here on on Lockdown panthers and talk about the upcoming home stand for the cats here on the on this monday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast third and final segment here on this monday november 7th edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast i'm ronda velez i got alex baumgartner here from the five reasons sports network to chat about the weekend that was for the panthers four out of eight points on this road trip a few days off, a good uh, a good uh, rest time for the Panthers as they'll have more opportunities for uh, some 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 rest actually coming up because two days off right before Carolina, two days off right before Edmonton, two days off right before Washington. So a lot of time to uh, recover the body and the way the schedule the, the way the schedule Alex has been really been uh, working out for the NHL and and for the Panthers as well is they're getting a lot of their West Coast trips out. Of the way early this is the first of the three there'll be next uh, another one later in this month and then one really in uh i'm trying to tr uh try to think where where's the last one the la yeah, let me, let me last the one is, is around it last one's around january early january <laughs> so uh so the the panthers are getting it out early they're playing they're not going to be playing in the same time zone uh they're going to be playing in the same time zone later in the season. And Randy Moeller actually mentioned on the broadcast about how beneficial that'll be for the Panthers as, as their body clocks are, are, will be more on the East coast versus West and, and for, and for the cats, four out of eight points, 
multiple days off, even though there's a little bit of a scare in the Anaheim game with uh, Ryan Strom getting two straight goals in like a 30 second span uh, for the cats, you know, lapses for the Panthers have been, a, been a thing. And the second period, more importantly, as far as goal differential minus five uh, for the Panthers in the second period, but every other, every shot on goal advantage is dominating in every single period throughout the, throughout the season, only their second game of the season against the, LA Kings where they were outshot as far as shot on goals only sec twice this season have they been outshot so good would you say good position for the Panthers coming into this homestand um I would say decent position you still have the injuries Kachuk's not going to be there for the Carolina game which is a big loss for them because against Carolina you're going to want someone like Kachuk just to you know, generate chances. Carolina's a good hockey team. Um, but the confidence I have in that top two pair of Forsling and Montour makes it a little bit better. And then Mahura Gudis has been very solid this year. Um, Reinhardt got it going. Bennett got it going. Barkov's got it going. The power play is looking a little bit better. Um, I, I would say, you know, you get that first West coast trip out of the way, you're going back home, you get to sleep in your own bed. You're well adjusted to the East coast time zone. Again, um, you get to see the family and everything. They know that helps the players and you get to, you know, most importantly, you get to play in front of your home fans. Um, I expect the Panthers to be a little bit more, uh, not a little bit more, a little stronger on this, uh, homestand. Yeah. And and it's been it's been uh, for for the Panthers it's it's uh, for for the road it's been not the, not the best uh, record for for the Panthers as far as their as far as this uh, young season but home uh, the 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 only of course the only loss that they have at, at home this season was that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and as far as uh, goal differential for for the Panthers at home. Just a plus three on the season, so now it evens out to a zero uh, for for the Panthers as far as uh, goal differential on the season. And of course, we spoke about the guys who got it going. I mean, hey, uh, it's technically not a, uh, a a goal, but hey, Sam Reinhardt getting that game winner against the San Jose Sharks spoke a little bit about it on on Thursday as well. But but the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, of course. The Panthers, a rare sweep of the Carolina Hurricanes last season. As far as we, Aaron and I last week were talking about how different that Panthers team was that in that first matchup against Carolina, they're up by four goals and they didn't even have to worry about it the rest of the way. Carolina was thinking, why are there, why are we going to exert all our energy into two periods when it's an 82 game season? It's not going to be like that this time around. Of course, there's a different change in personnel for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, Brett Burns incident prior to the season as well for for in, in the NHL. I was thinking that we could very well see a rematch of the 20, 2006 uh, Stanley Cup final between the Edmonton Oilers and uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So this matchup a against a possible Stanley Cup favorite in in, uh, in Carolina as far as the Eastern Conference. Yeah, as you mentioned last year, Florida ran away with those games or some of the games. Um, Florida hasn't been the team this year to just crazily outscore the opponents. A lot of these games have been close, even if they are scoring. Um, 
the thing that worked for Florida last year is the puck was going in the back of the net and they were running out like most goals in the 2000s era, I believe. Um, it's just not like that this year, even though they are getting the chances. A lot of those, you know, shot flurries are coming into the second half of the game. You're going to have to play more of a shutdown game against Carolina because you're just not going to be able to run, run them out of the building. And especially when you're uh, missing Matthew Kachuk, who is leading or was leading the team in points. I still think he is unless Verhage overtook him yesterday. Um, it's going to be a little bit more challenging, but you're going to have to play more of a playoff hockey oriented style, which is what Paul Maurice wanted to implement. And they have been playing closer games, but you know, the power play will have to click against Carolina because Carolina is a team like Tampa where, you know, you don't want to leave too many open chances out there because they're going to make you pay. Yeah. And just double checking on the uh, points for the Panthers and Matthew Kachuk has uh, four more points than, than Carter Hagee, uh, even, even with that sus uh, suspension and Matthew Kachuk, of course, uh, when when you think about his game on Thursday against the San Jose Sharks, ten shots on goal, uh, that that's something that's going to be uh, missing a little bit. And seeing how seeing how Anton Lindell has uh, performed with Sam Reinhart, as we spoke about earlier, not being broke up broken up. But what are the chances that what what are the chances that Matthew Kachuk gets inserted back on that top line with Barkov? I would say very high right now because we saw how great they got it going uh, prior to that. They of course, you don't need Matthew Kachuk to get Barkov going. I think he's he's a superstar in his own is in his own way, and I, I thought that Rudolph Balsers was the guy who was probably gonna uh, hurt more for Matthew Kachuk moving up. But I still think that Matthew Kachuk comes back. He's right on that top line for now. But hey, giving Colin White a little bit of a chance on uh, in the on the top line while Matthew Kachuk is gone, it, it gives a little bit of experimentation for Paul Maurice that if if you have to split Matthew Kachuk and Barkov again, you still have a little bit of that sample size on how they played when they were paired. Absolutely. Matthew Kachuk, when he went to that first line, everything just started to open up. Carter Verhage is just getting more looks. Barkov was becoming a little bit more active. Um, Sam Reinhart subsequently moved down and down in the lineup, and he's found his place once again next to Anton Lundell. Um, that first line is about as sure as a thing as this team gets right now, not looking at the Forsling Montour line. Uh, when he's back, it's going to be against Edmonton. And, um, you I'm know, he's going to be, he's going to be looking forward to that one the same way he looked forward to that Tampa matchup. So I am willing to put down a very, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to say that because you never know what the lines here, but, uh, Kachuk should be back in his spot next to Barkov and Verhage. I do like, I did like Lomberg on that third line, and they had Lomberg with Barkov and Reinhardt for a bit. And Ryan Lomberg is crafty enough to where he can get offense towards the net. I do like him more in that top nine position than Nick Cousins a little bit. So if I was making the lineups, I would probably have Lomberg wherever Cousins is if Cousins is higher than him in the lineup. But, um, yeah, you know, Anton Lundell is not really a third-line center. He's a second-line center. So I can't even call that a third line. Um, I'm very confident in whoever Anton Lundell plays with. Reinhardt's going to do just fine. Keep Kachuk back up there. You slot Colin White where you need to slot Colin right White. 
and A2 can kind of just jump up between those three lines if you need a little bit of relief. So I'm not worried about the forward core in terms of who's on which line. Mm. And uh, as uh, as uh, David Dork has uh, calls it for Etulistrine and Etuanon, as far as like uh, get his role and just continuing to just create opportunities. That beautiful, what a beautiful. I could look at that replay on his assist to Sam Bennett like over and over again and just ad- admire uh, his, his his ice vision uh, there and uh, uh, and for and helped uh, got got Sam Bennett going as well like we spoke about earlier broke a little bit of a goal drop for him as well so uh, so maybe maybe Bill Zito does like green eggs and ham so <laughs> as the Sams have gotten uh, gotten going but. Uh, Alex, uh, I, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Wrapping up the road trip, two days off. The Panthers are off from practice uh, today, and I believe they will be back at practice on Tuesday at FLA Live Arena right before their uh, right before their game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, just look at the email. 11 a.m. practice at FLA Live Arena on November 8th. So uh, check uh, – so make sure to follow Alex and I on more updates uh, prior to the up the game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Wednesday night. So, Alex, let everybody know where they can not only where they can find you, but some of the work that you'll be doing this weekend for Five Reasons Sports. Plug yourself. Plug yourself all you want right now. <laughs> yeah, Abel Gartner ninety one on Twitter. And as Armando just said, this week's going to be a busy one for me as. 2022 Hall of Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony weekend will be in four days in Toronto, Ontario. I will be there. Roberto Luongo will be inducted, and he will be the first Florida uh, majority career Florida Panther to be inducted. There are guys like Pavel Bury in the Hockey Hall of Fame already. However, he did not spend the majority of his career with the Florida Panthers. Roberto Luongo has. He is still with the Panthers in the upper management division. It's going to be a very interesting week. One of the better Hockey Hall of Fame classes with the Sedins, Alfredson, um, qu- quite a couple of uh, nice recent day players. So five reasons sports, you'll be seeing a lot of articles and a lot of content and a lot of tweets on my Twitter from some of the players with the quotes and whatnot. So uh, stay tuned for that. Not only stay tuned for that, but we might have to have you back next week here on the Lockdown Florida podcast to get a full perspective on the in-person ceremony on how 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 you took it all in and how of course more importantly how roberto luongo took it in and maybe some of the emotions so we 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 may be able to laugh cheer and cry how as how the great uh jim valvano said it back in i believe 1994 uh so maybe we'll be we'll be able to have quite quite a lot of moments as like you said the majority career Florida Panther, Roberto Luongo. So it is definitely going to be a special one for all of us and can't wait to share it all with you guys listening. So thank you, Alex, once again, and I hope to have you back on soon. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, and the newest show on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast for your second listen of the day. And for your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. 
biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recap, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. From Adelaide, with Alex Baumgart. And you can listen to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.